0: On today's Locked On Texans podcast, what went wrong offensively and defensively versus the Atlanta Falcons, which led to a 21-19 loss for the Houston Texans. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, 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 welcome Texans fans across the world, across the nation, across the city of Houston to a Monday episode of the Locked On Texans podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your Texans football analyst, John, some sports guy Hickman. And of course, joining me as always is your Texans beat reporter, credentialed media member and Sports Illustrated's own Cody Davis. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, <clears throat> America's official sports book, and the official sports book of the Locked On Texans podcast. Make every moment more right now. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit slash locked on to get started today. Cody, as we look at the Houston Texans, uh, who struggled offensively throughout the, you know, really entire game after putting up 30 and back to back, did not put up 20 on Sunday versus the Atlanta Falcons. What went wrong offensively versus Atlanta?
1: Well, for me, it starts with a theory of that I've been talking about since training camp and to be honest with you john listeners and viewers i'm actually happy that five games into the season this is the first time we're talking about this issue and that is none of the wide receivers stepping up as Wide receiver number one. Now, I do want to preface my statement by saying this first. I do believe had Tank Dell not left the game with a concussion, I do believe he would have been the guy to step up as WR1 because he was starting to put together a very good game. Three catches for 57 yards, and he was the reason why I believe him and CJ Stroud connected for, I think it was like a 27-yard reception um towards the end of the first half when he hit his head down on the ground. Pretty hard is part of the reason why he had to be evaluated for a concussion. But that connection late in the second quarter was part of the reason why the Houston Texans was able to connect on that field goal that had put them up, I believe it was 9-7, entering halftime. But, John, when you take a look at the other two wide receivers, when you take a look at Nico Collins, a guy who was – Top 10, I believe I'm not mistaken, top five in receiving yards. The Atlanta Falcons did a very good job keeping him in tight coverage. And they kind of made him inefficient on the day for 39 yards with three catches. Robert Woods did not have that much of a good day because I looked at this from a standpoint in the second half. Looking at how the way they was defending Nico Collins, rightfully so, and looking at the fact that Dell was out in the second half, I kind of felt that Robert Woods needed to be the guy to step up in the second half to help this offense, to help CJ, but he didn't. As a matter of fact, I think I counted not one but two drop passes that would have put the Houston Texans in a favorable situation. And I, I'm not going to put the, the, the entire loss on. The wide receiving core, because John, I know you probably have a lot to say about this run game, but it's due to the inefficiencies that we are seeing with the Houston Texans rushing attack through these first five games is part of the reason why every single week it is important for a wide receiver to step up by the way shout out to Dalton Schultz, the tight end we finally saw the Dalton Schultz that we saw over the last couple of years in Dallas 65 yards on seven catches and of course he had the touchdown it almost won the game for the Texans but I just think man if this wide receiver core gave you just a little bit more this would have been a dove for the Houston Texans
0: when we look at what went wrong offensively, that's a great question because I think that it all started with Bobby Sloak and his uh, negligence to the understanding your run game isn't working. And, you know, I think this goes for the entire season, and we'll probably talk about this later in the week, but there there's going to be a tough conversation this week. It has to be of, you know, we got to limit – how much we put Damian Pierce out there on the field. Devin Singletary didn't have a carry versus the Atlanta Falcons. Through the course of five weeks, uh, Damian Pierce has 84 carries compared to Devin Singletary's 24. Damian Pierce is rushing 2.9 yards per carry compared to Devin Singletary's 3.5 yards per carry. Um, I, I don't know who's a better player at this point, but I do know that there are some things that Devin Singletary can do out on the football field that Damian Pierce hasn't shown to be able to do. Uh, so I think you gotta, you got to look at that. And, and that really showed against the Atlanta Falcons. Damian Pierce ended the game with two good runs for Houston. But majority of the game, especially in the first half, it was frustrating to watch that run game. And with Larry Tussle and Titus Howard coming back, the offensive line didn't allow us, uh, any sack, which is good. Uh, three weeks in a row now, no sacks. Yes, sir. So that's a positive. That's a good that's something that didn't go wrong. But I thought there was opportunities for Houston to be better, uh offensive line to be better run blocking, but they gave, I believe, Damian Pierce opportunities. And those opportunities were not cashed in. Um, also, the critical point in the game, guys, the Texans go up 12-7. Now, after that. Because we're going to look at the defense and we're going to ask ourselves what went wrong with the defense. That's the question. What went wrong with the defense was they didn't get any help from the offense. After Houston goes up 12-7, the fumble that Houston recovered, uh, but Atlanta held the ball for five minutes. Then Houston punts the very next drive. Didn't cash in on turnovers, which also is what went wrong. Hmm. But Houston only held the ball for 41 seconds. Then Atlanta goes and scores a touchdown, 13 plays, 6 minutes and 40 seconds. Houston gets the ball back. They punt, another three and out, only held the ball for one minute. Then Atlanta goes down and gets a field goal, 9 plays, 4 minutes and 15 seconds. During that stretch of football, the Houston Texans only held the ball for 1 minute and 41 seconds compared to Atlanta's sixteen, nearly 16 minutes. So I'm looking at an offense that was still up until the Dalton Schultz touchdown, that was still coming out of halftime, was not able to capitalize on turnovers, did not show the ability to move the ball effectively for 13 or third downs. That's unacceptable, considering Houston was a top five team on third downs heading into that game. They were hot the past three, two two and a half weeks. And allowing Atlanta to have the ball as long as they did, putting that pressure on their defense. Well, by the way, for the most part, I thought the defense did a very good job until they just got broken down and worn out. They was on the field for too much. Hmm. And Houston offensively did not do a good job of giving that defense a break, a break. They went out there and got you guys two crucial turnovers. That could have helped. One of them was a very good return by Jalen Petrie, Greta Arnold with the fumble. And that was a perfect opportunity at that moment for Houston to go and put points on the board. They did not. And Atlanta was just staying in the game. Really, offensively, what we saw from Houston in back-to-back, where he's putting up 30, failed to put up 20, they allowed Atlanta to stay in the game because they didn't do their part of the job. Mm -hmm. And that was frustrating to watch simply because I thought that Bobby Slurk did not allow C.J. to go out there and do what we've been seeing from C.J. I thought the run was a force. <clears throat> I thought they forced a run, and I thought that there was opportunity for CJ to just go out there and be the man, but the play calling wasn't wasn't there, and that was frustrating to watch as well. 4-13 on third downs compared to what we've seen, that's unacceptable. This hmm. is a better defense than what Houston has played, though. Give credit. David Ayamana was a guy I wanted to in Houston. A.J. Terrell at corner, which is probably why – We didn't hear a lot from Nico Collins. i got to go back and watch some of the tape. But they played a very good defense. I still think there was opportunity for Houston to move the ball if CJ was just in control.
1: Um, and before moving on, I do want to add this to what went wrong. And once again, it goes back to a theory that a lot of people have been talking about before the series, um, before the season. And that's literally just the lack of playmakers that they have on the offensive side of the ball. And that's something that Coach D'Amico Ryan actually talked about doing his um, post-game press conference following yesterday's game. He said on the offensive side nobody really made plays when you needed them to make them the most especially during those back-to-back drives with the Texans com- um, committed force to takeaways so you know the I I I really do believe that this this game on the offensive side of the ball just literally just came down to what the Houston Texans do not have because I think this is this was the very first time where the game was close up until the final Mm -hmm. seconds, up until Mm -hmm. the yeah, up until (laughs) the final second, because they end up kicking that field goal with, with, with one second left on the clock. And John, it's just like if they just had that one. Extra playmaker, whether in a rushing attack or 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 in the wide receiving core, this game would have went completely <clears> different for <throat> the Houston Texans. And I also believe that's part of the reason why we did not see CJ be the guy that we saw um three out of the last four games.
0: I definitely want to go back and look at how good of a job did AJ Terrell do on Nico Collins, simply because Dalton Souls had ten targets. Tank had 10 targets. And Tank Dale went out at what point of the game?
1: At halftime, literally. At
0: halftime. He had four targets. Nico Collins ended the game with four targets. And Robert Woods had nine targets. And so what I'm getting at is for Bobby Slork and Nico, I mean, and, and, and CJ, I gotta find a way to get he's been he's been this team's wide receiver number one. Mm-hmm. I'm not calling him an, an NFL wide receiver number one, but for Houston, he's been that guy. So you gotta find ways to get him involved. You gotta find ways to get him the ball, and four targets just isn't enough. So I do want to go back and see what what did AJ Terrell do? Did he just completely take him out the game? Because I think AJ Terrell is that good. But what happened? Because if not, there was opportunity. There should have been opportunity to get CJ. Uh, I'm sorry to get Nico involved offensively, but I also think guys, I'm going to reiterate it. It's time for Houston to look at themselves in the mirror. The we want to be a run team. <clears throat> I don't think that's that's this team. That's not the formula for this team to win. And I also think that they're gonna have to look in the mirror and say, we gotta we gotta get Devin Singletary some more carries. It's just we can't we can't go a game with giving Damian Pierce, who isn't running the ball well, 20 and not give uh Devin Singletary none at all. <laughs> Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets win or lose guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. And I've been and if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel lately, There's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is super easy to use. There's a lot of things you can bet on. Spreads, player props, over-unders, and much more. So, take this device or log in on your computer. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get kicked off and kick off the NFL season right now the proper way, the right way, with FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL.
1: Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this recap Monday installment of Locked On Texans. We talked about the offense. Now we're gonna look at the defense and what went wrong on the defensive side of the ball. I'm gonna just no pressure. (laughs) Oh god, no pressure, John. I'm I'm gonna actually let you take it, but before I do, I do want to say this: if you listen to the crossover episode that we did with our guy Aaron. Freeman of Locked On Falcons, I say that was the number one thing for this Houston Texans defense because when you go back and rewatch the first four games of the season, Lamar Jackson, Trevor Lawrence, Kenneth Pickett. Three of the, might as well say five quarterbacks because Anthony Richardson got hurt in the first half, in the first quarter, and that ended up being Gardner Minshew stepping into the game. But three out of the first five quarterbacks that the Houston Texans played against, they were either in the game or had a chance to come back and win the game, like the game against the Ravens. Or that was part of the reason why they was on that two-game win streak because that defensive front did a very good job at putting pressure on the quarterback. John, take it away because they did not do that against Desmond Ritter yeah. in the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah.
0: It, <clears throat> and, and 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 the thing is, by the way, Houston did allow Ritter to throw for his first 300-yard performance. But a lot of those yards came at the end of that third quarter and that fourth quarter where mm-hmm. you, you just saw Houston's defense get worn out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do put what went wrong uh, – I don't think Houston did a good job of putting pressure on Desmond Ritter. I saw a lot of undisciplined plays from the end oh, rushes. By the from way, by the way, and, four and, and,
1: offsides approachmen that gave up about fifteen to twenty yards. For twenty
0: yards, and 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 I believe I know for sure one of them was crucial. And I'm like, guys, this is Desmond Ritter. We're playing here, and no disrespect. But <laughs> well, the broadcast
1: it, said he had a good voice, a powerful voice. Let's keep getting. Okay, well, I,
0: you know what? So did Malcolm X and Martin Luther King, and I, I don't think I would have. I would have. I would have bit on a a fake hood. You know mm-hmm. I, that. You know, strong voice, whatever. That was undisciplined. Uh, the edge rushes and their contained or lack thereof at times was undisciplined during that game. I'm gonna say this, and I'll, and we'll go back to you know the actual game. I love the the advanced stats, the the win, the the block win rate, whatever. But I need to see more from Will Anderson. Uh, but I did think that Will Anderson played good against the run, and Will Anderson in that in that area reminds me a lot of Jadavian Clowney. He is going to be effective against the run, but in terms of pressure on a quarterback. It was non-existent on Sunday. I thought that there was times where if I'm Desmond Ritter, I'm looking around to see if I need to check out soon or do I got the extended stay with the hotel because I have this much comfortability in the pocket. Y'all know how y'all feel when y'all be laying in them hotel beds, man. The clean ones. Not the one with the bed bugs. But for Houston, they didn't have opportunity to feel no, no bed bugs up in that backfield because the offensive line for Atlanta did a very good job of neutralizing that defensive front. And with that, you also have the edge rushers at times play a little undisciplined. The D tackles didn't do a very good job, I think, for getting after the quarterback. They did a good job against stopping the run. Uh Bijan Robinson and the Atlanta Falcons, one of the best rushing teams in the NFL, hmm. failed to reach 100 on the day. So that's an improvement when you look at how much the defensive line and the defensive front seven and the defense as a whole has struggled a little bit versus the run. Proud of the Houston Texans and improving in that area. But they allowed Desmarita to have the game of his life because of the lack of <clears throat> the lack of pressure up front. This is a defense that needs that pressure to go out there and, and really, you know, win a game. And I thought the linebackers didn't do a good job. The loss of Christian Harris, actually, and Shaquille Griffin, and Shakir Griffin, um, oh. you know, I thought that those were um, – uh losses that impacted Houston bigger than what I thought that they would, but specifically Christian Harris and the linebacker group, I thought that they took a step back a little bit. Um, they put a lot of pressure on their defense for the lack of the job that they were doing. And for Houston, I understand why they worked out. Jason Ferret, the only cornerback that you can really count on was Steven Nelson, who I thought played fairly good. Uh, that's going to be tough on any defense that – continue to fight through all of those injuries against uh, a position, a position, excuse me, that you need your best guys out on the field. And Mm -hmm. for Houston, they only had Steven Nelson. And I think that's a big reason why we saw the defense not play as well as they have been playing. Overall, no pressure. No pressure. They were mid the whole game. No pressure at all.
1: Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you, John. And that's why I was going next, man. I just think injuries really took a toll on the Texans on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I wasn't too surprised by the loss of Shaq Griffin, who went down with a hamstring injury. During practice, I believe that was during Thursday's practice, if I'm not mistaken. Um, uh, because you, you was looking at a situation where the Texans were forced to go out there with Kadal Holdman, and no disrespect to the to Kadar <coughs> Holtman. But what we saw is part of the reason why, a matter of fact, the reason why he is your third string corner. And when I saw that Shaq Griffin was inactive for this game, I'm I knew without a shadow of a doubt that this was going to be the game that Desmond Riller really, um Get into the groove because the last two games, matter of fact, this entire season, he has not looked good. And no disrespect to him, I'm actually rooting for the young man. But I just knew that they was going to pick whichever side of the field that Holman was on. And that's basically what we saw. But, John, to your point, the loss of Christian Harris, man, the linebacker play did take a step back. Despite the fact that Henry T, he did have a fairly not a fairly good. He did have a really good game with 12 tackles six solo hits and I hate to say the linebackers took a step back and I think it had a lot to do more so with the fact that Kyle Pitts finally got into the groove as well but Blake Cashman man he's one of those guys to where you're thankful that the Texans have some type of depth at that position Linebacking play did take a step back without Christian Harris like I just mentioned but Blake Cashman played really well, filling in that void. I do want to mention, and maybe it was just due to Russ, and I do, and I and I understand that he did get credit, I believe, which was for that first fumble. But I need to see more out of Denzel Perryman because outside of the first game of the season, yes, I understand he's been hurt. But when you consider the loss of Christian Harris, he should have provided more to that linebacking court. <laughs>
0: These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. And you want to be 100% certain that you have the access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Just add your job. And then after adding the job, go ahead and add purple hashtag frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality service and hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster, and for free, just go to linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. <laughs> Welcome back, locked on Texans listeners and viewers. We got to look at more from the Atlanta Falcons game before we close out. And I do think it's great to look at the positives. Uh Cody, before we close out today's game, you look at the Houston Texans defense. They created two turnovers. And, mm-hmm. they, and they and they created those two turnovers in crucial moments. Grant and Arnold created one. And I thought Jalen Petrie had a very good, did a very good job of returning. And then there was also uh another fumble as well.
1: The one that, made by um Denzel Perriman.
0: By Perriman that was uh recovered by Houston. So we look at Houston, they only allowed 21 points, and and, and this was an offense that until the third quarter, was it, fourth quarter? Held this offense to 13 points, you know, 13, 14 points. Um, they did a good job, I think, throughout the game of bending but not breaking. Um, and, and I go back to talking about what the defense did right or did wrong. Um, you look at the time of possession for Houston, I think Atlanta had the ball for nearly 12 more minutes than the Houston Texans, mm-hmm. and it's really showed the – first half Desmond Murder only had 127 yards uh, in the second half they allowed him for to throw for 202 yards so <laughs> the 329 you saw the mm. difference especially when you go back to that 12-7 lead the sequences that happened right after that um I also you know again for 3 weeks in a row now zero sacks for the offensive mm. line we look at what went wrong Guys, understand this. Through the first two weeks, Cody, CJ was on pace to, you know, break Derek Carr's record, David Carr's record. That man, that
1: young man had 11 sacks, and I think it's like 19 quarterback hits. hits. (laughs) Yeah, it was crazy.
0: It was crazy. But credit where credit is due. The makeshift offensive lines, the figuring out who's going to step in on the Hmm. fly, uh, having to bring guys in and they're playing maybe quicker than they wanted to or, or anticipated, if I'm looking at mm. it from the coaching staff and front an office perspective. But for three weeks in a row now, zero sacks mm. allowed. So that's a great thing to hear. And um, Khalil Davis. Yo, man. Khalil.
1: Khalil. He's he's about to get. We're going to see a Khalil Davis. We're going to see a roster change this Cause, week. Uh, because I was about to
0: say he's going to be on the Jordan Akins type of train, right? Yeah, one yeah, more time, like, you got to sign
1: him. Yeah, the, and and yesterday was his last time. Yesterday was his last time to be called up for the active squad roster. Um, Khalil Davis, man, that's one of my guys in the locker room. That, that young man has a phenomenal story, basically a story about redemption. Uh, he was in the league, then out of the league, you know, and really quick had a had a son and say he has to turn this around for his son and that is basically what we have been seeing ever since he came to the houston texans so shout out to khalil davis that is something that a lot of you listeners and viewers should definitely keep your eyes on because i'm pretty sure at some point probably as soon as tomorrow we're going to see some type of roster change to get khalil davis to the active 53 man roster because as he has been called up, not one, not two, but three times so far this season. And he and it has shown with the production of that defensive unit. It
0: has. By the way, you know, I talk about the Houston Texans and not getting no pressure on the on the quarterback. And guys, excuse me, we're recording this in the morning, so uh that's why you hear me do a lot of coughing on my voice. But against the run, guys, I mean that was mm. a play. And I could talk all I want to about Will Anderson not finishing, getting the sacks, right? He does have one of the season. And I do believe that they will come come. But there was a play where Will Anderson was on the opposite side. I want to say he was on the left side mm-hmm. of the defensive line going against the right tackle. And he squeezed down that line the opposite way. So going towards his his left side and made a play on B. John Robinson. Hmm. Tackle for loss again. Khalil Davis getting involved with a tackle for loss. Sheldon Rankins uh got involved with a tackle for loss. Uh, when I look at and these are going, I'm just looking at my my my, 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 my first three drive notes. For Houston, they made plays, and by the way, Will Anderson getting double teamed five games into his career is crazy. <laughs> uh, as much as he's getting double teamed, I would love to go see that double team rate. But Houston made a point of emphasis to stop the run. And I think that was because they knew that that was all Atlanta had. Atlanta did a good job. Arthur Smith and them boys did a good job of proving that they were more than a one-dimensional team. Or maybe it was just Houston allowed them to prove it with the opportunities that they allowed. And, again, they didn't just blow away Houston offensively. It's a close game. Came down to the wire.
1: Mm. Desmond
0: Ritter throwing for 300 yards is crazy. But – for Houston to go out there and stop this run, this running team. And, and they did it in a way where you ha- had a team to get five tackles for losses. Um, I thought the D tackles played better against the run. That's what you need to see from this defensive unit, especially the front four consistently for the rest of the year. So kudos to those guys for getting it done up front in that matter, stopping the run. Thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked On Texans podcast. Be sure to continue to watch us throughout the week as we continue to talk Texans each and every day. I'm John from Sports Guy Hickman. Follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. And make sure that you subscribe, like, and comment to the Locked On Texans podcast wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. And follow me on Bleacher Report, the Bleacher Report app, under
1: the name John Hickman. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at CodyDavis underscore 24. Once again, it's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.